All right, welcome to Hebrew Club at Concordia Seminary, another Thursday installment as we continue to work our way through 2 Samuel chapter 2. Dr. Seleska is taking it easy this week with his feet kicked up on vacation up in Minnesota. Actually, he's probably traveling today, and he'll be gone for a few weeks, so I am filling in for him. And we had gotten to the place in the narrative of David's rise to power where um, he has now moved to Hebron and is living and ruling over the tribe of Judah in Hebron. And Abner has um, has coronated a descendant of Saul, one of Saul's sons, Ishbosheth, as king. And there is a conflict now between the house of David and the house of Saul. And in the at the end of uh, last week, you got to verse 16 and this strange verse, the end of a few strange verses where the two groups come face to face and they sit down with, it seems, it's a little hard to understand exactly what's going on. There's tension between them, obviously, but they sit down and they decide to have a, a contest of sorts between 12 men from each uh, of the, or a, a smaller group from each side. And the men begin to fight, and uh, soon they are stabbing each other with swords, and they all fall down dead together. So there's kind of this sense of of the tragedy getting out of hand, um, or the conflict getting out of hand, uh, even more than maybe anyone would desire. And that theme is going to continue to run into today's reading with um, this struggle between, or chase, between... Um, one of David's men and Abner, and Abner's hesitance to strike him down. And, uh, well, we'll see that as we get to it. So we're at verse 17. And um, the men have fallen down dead together, and the place is then called the the uh, the field of sword blades or possibly the field of rocks. There's some question of what uh, that term, kelkot, Hazurim means at the end of verse 16. But when we come to verse 17, the battle is raging full-fledged. So verse 17, 2 Samuel 2, verse 17. Vatahi ha-milchama kasha ad ma'od bayom ha-hu. Vayinagef avner v'anshe Yisrael lifne avde David. And it was, the battle was, notice the feminine vav consecutive form of hayah there because of the feminine subject, the battle. And the battle was kasha. In Hebrew, you could just use kasha here as a, could have just used it as a predicate adjective without a form of hayah. But here it's the fuller construction where you actually get the to be verb and kasha as a predicate adjective here. The battle was hard, difficult, severe, fierce. Uh, kasha is the word that's common in Exodus. At the beginning, the labor of the slaves in Egypt is very kasha, and uh, it's usually translated difficult or um, harsh, harsh labor. Also, kasha is what the Israelites are in Exodus in terms of their relationship towards God. They are kasha of neck, stiff of neck or hard of neck. But here it's a battle, or it's an adjective that's describing the nature of the battle. So you might say it was very intense, very fierce, very harsh. And the very comes from this adverbial phrase, ad ma'od. 
Ma'od also could be used without odd here. You could just say kasha ma'od, very severe, very harsh. But this fuller construction, odd ma'od, makes ma'od function not really as so much as an adverb, but as, as a true noun, the object of the preposition odd here. You might say um, to abundance or to its fullest. And uh, really, it doesn't mean anything different um, than simply ma'od on its own, but it has a little more of a poetic feel to it. Uh, so the, the narrator is describing this in a, in a grand way. It was kasha ad ma'od. That ad ma'od construction is more common in the Psalms than it is in, in, Hebrew, pro, in Hebrew prose, although it does occur a few times in Hebrew prose. And the battle was very kasha, very harsh, in that day, a temporal bait. And Abner nagaft in the nifal. Notice that uh, vav consecutive nifal form of nagaf. Nagaf means to smite or to gain victory over in battle. And uh, here it's in the nifal, which uh, Abner wishes that it was in the call. Because uh, if it were in the call, then he would be gaining the, bat uh, the victory. He would be smiting, but instead it's passive. So, and Abner was smitten or was defeated, you might say. Um, and the Anshe Yisrael and the men of Israel. Now, notice the way that this uh, clause is constructed here with Nagaf. It's a singular verb. You see that Vav consecutive, Vayinagaf there? It's a singular verb. Abner is the subject, but then it tacks on more to the subject. It's actually a compound subject. The subject of the verb, in a sense, is Abner and the men of Israel were defeated. But it doesn't use a plural verb. It uses a singular verb. And this is common in Hebrew when you are highlighting um, one of the subjects as kind of the primary subject of the verb and the others as the attendant subjects of the verb. So you might say in English to kind of get the, the sense, Abner was defeated along with the men of Israel. Um, sometimes there's even a singular subject that follows that's functioning as the as the uh, secondary subject. So, and Abner was defeated along with the men of Israel before the Avde, that's the uh, construct plural of Evid, the servants of David. Any questions on 17? Verse 18. Vayikyu sham shiloshah b'nei zeruyah, Yoav v'avishai v'asahel. Vaasahel call Baraglav Kaakad Ha Savayim Asher Batsadeh. And they were there, and now you get the subject of the they, and the three sons of Zeruyah were there. Shalosha there, the number three. And now you see the disjunctive accent above Zeruiah. The three sons of Zeruiah were there. Now we're going to list the three sons, Joab and Abishai and Esahel. And then you get the Atnak, and Esahel is repeated. And Esahel, or you might say, and as for Esahel, now the focus is on him. A, a verbless clause here. Esahel, call Baraglav. 
What does call mean? Do you know what call means? This is where we get our conjugation, the call conjugation. Yeah, it means light or, or swift. Oftentimes it has the connotation or the application of, of uh, speed. He was light, b-raglov. You see the noun there, regal, uh, b-his-feet. Now it's a little hard to, I mean, I guess we have this expression, light on his feet. But uh, what exactly is the function here of the bait? It's not really spatial. He's not, he's not light. It's not ask, answering the question, where is he light? Yeah, probably with reference to his feet. And uh, more often we think of lamad functioning in that way, a lamad of specification with respect to something. But bait also can have that sense as a preposition of with respect to. So he was light or swift in re what respect? With his feet. And now a comparative uh, preposition cough, like one of the gazelles. Hatsavayim. That ending there is a little unusual. Vayim, it almost looks like a dual or something, but that would have a patak and uh, would have the accent on the, on the uh, A vowel rather than on the I vowel. This is a uh, noun, zavi, gazelle, that sometimes is spelled with a final yod. And because it has that final yod, that's why you get the extra um, vowel in there before the im. Also, very often in the plural, it's spelled with a olive, has an olive before the maim. And if you can imagine an olive being there, then it would make more sense that you get that extra, um, you get that extra vowel in there. So he is swift with respect to his feet like one of the gazelles which are in the field. Any questions on that? So what's going to happen here? Abner and his men are being defeated. The three sons of uh, Zuriah are there and uh, one of them is very fast. You can kind of see what's coming here. They're fleeing and it's going to be Asahel who's going to pursue them. So verse 19, radaf is the first verb, pursue. Vayirdof asahel, akare avner. And asahel pursued after Abner. Velo nata laleket al hayamin v'al ha shemoel. Me akare avner. And he did not nata. He did not stretch out, um, really the sense here in the context of left and right probably, he didn't turn, but the sense is he didn't, he didn't uh, move himself, he didn't stretch um, uh, to, uh, in order to go. So he didn't stretch to go, la leket. You see that's the infinitive construct of halak. Halak acts like a first yod verb, and when they form their infinitive construct, they lose the first letter. And they add a tav on the end and segalatize, leket. So, and he did not, as he pursued, he did not stretch to go upon the right or upon the left from after Abner. He's following him in a straight line. He's not going off to the right or to the left. Any questions on that verse? Okay. The chase continues. Verse 20. Vayifen Avner Akarav 
Vayomer Ha'ataze Asahel, Vayomer Anoki. And Abner turned, what's the verb there, that first verb in verse 20? What's the root? Vayifen. Okay, uh, uh, a hollow root would probably have a uh, comets under the under the performative yod, right? Here, there's nothing unusual at the beginning. Remember that clue? It's a third hay. The third hay drops off in vav consecutive forms. So this third hay verb pana um, loses its hay. It means to turn. So and Abner turned behind him. He turned Akarav behind him. So he's running, but he turns around behind him. Vayomer, and he says, Ha'ata ze asahel. Now what is that ha'ata? Ata means you. It's the second person pronoun, independent pronoun you. It doesn't usually have a, a definite article on the front of it, right? Ha, the you. So what do you suspect that the ha is here? Interrogative hay. And our interrogative hays usually have a compound schwa, a composite schwa underneath them. But here it's just a patak because of rule of schwa. And, um, and uh, before, the, before the guttural and, and with the patak there, it, uh, it becomes a, a patak. So question mark, you this Asahel. What are, we, what are we to make of that syntax? Question mark, you, this, Asahel? Okay, why are you doing this? That maybe is adding a little too much in there. It's, it's really just a question of identification. Is this you? Are you this one, O Asahel? And Asahel here is vocative. It's just uh, speaking his, the name of the person that's being addressed in the second person. So, question mark, are you this one, Asahel? Or we would say, is this you, Asahel? So he's just running, and there's some guy chasing him, and he begins to suspect that it's Asahel, and now he turns around and he asks, and Asahel replies, and he said, Anoki. I. <laughs> it is I, right? Sure enough. All right. Any questions on verse 20? Verse 21, then. Vayomer lo avner... Natalaka al Yaminika o al Shamolaka. The Echaz Laka Ekad Mehan Arim Vakaklaka et Halitzto Halitzato Velo Ava Asahel Lasur Meakarav. All right. And he said. Here now it's not low as in not, but low as in to him, right? With the holam vav there. And he said to him, Avner. Abner is the subject. So, and Abner said to him, Nata. This is a verb form. The verb is Nata, and it has a schwa under the first syllable. What do you suppose that indicates? What verbal aspect is this, or what verb form? Yeah, that initial schwa is a call imperative. So um, here, uh, it's what he refused to do before. He was not, remember, he was not 
stretching or turning to go to the right or to the left. Now Abner pleads with him. He says, an imperative, turn for yourself, stretch out for yourself to your Yamin, to your right, or to your Shemoel, to your uh, left, and echoes, again, notice the initial schwa here in this verb form, another call imperative, this time from akaz to seize. And seize, laka, for yourself. Um, this is the standard construction for an imperative to have these little ethical datives. They're sometimes called the laka that follows the imperative. We just, we don't really, I'm saying for yourself because it's there in the Hebrew, but generally we don't translate those. So, and seize, echad mehanarim. One from among the plural of na'ar. Na'ar you learn in Hebrew as young man. Um, in many contexts in the Hebrew Bible it means servant. If it's a, a singular or a, a group of people attending um, someone of superior rank. But in a military context, na'ar are generally just the young warriors. Um, so it's young men in the sense of warriors. So... He, he pleads with him, turn aside to your right or to your left, seize one from among the warriors, in other words, the other guys that you're chasing, not me. Uh, how does Abner sound right now, by the way? What kind of a guy does he sound like? He's throwing the other guys the bus. Yeah, he sounds like a coward, right? He sounds like, please quit chasing me, but we're going to find out in a second here. That's not really his motivation. So he says, and and take for yourself, or take, What's the verb here? What's the root from vakach? It's from lakach. Good. It acts like a first nun, so its imperative loses the first letter. And take his uh, kalitza, his spoil, or his booty, or his plunder. Now, um, by his plunder, it doesn't mean the plunder that this guy has taken from somewhere, someone else, but it's the plunder that can be stripped off of of him, his his own armor and goods and money or whatever he has. So he says, don't come after me, go after one of my other men here and and take his take his plunder from him. And how does uh, Asahel respond? Velo ava. And that ava verb means to be willing. But here it's negative. And he was not willing. Asahel was not willing. La sur. What kind of a form is la sur? an infinitive from a hollow root and uh, here it's it's uh, you might call it a complementary infinitive it goes along with to be willing he was not willing to sewer to turn aside from after him from after Abner all right any questions on that verse verse 22 by Yosef owed Avner Lamor El Asahel, Sur Laka Me Akarai. And now we get his motivation. Lama Akeka Artsa. Vaek Asa Panai El Yoav Akika. All right. And Abner added again. Yasaf means to add or to increase or to continue. And he added again, saying. So the sense here is he said again. He said again to Asahel, turn aside, Sewer. This is the imperative of the Hollerit here. Turn aside for yourself from after me. Why should I strike you to the earth? 
Now, what's the what is the verbal root of akeka? Akeka here. The ka on the end here is actually the object suffix ka. You usually see it spelled with a final kaf with a little comets under it, but here it's spelled with a. It's from na ka, right? That disappearing verb. It loses the first nun. It loses the final hey. The only part of the root that's showing is the kaf here. And what aspect is it with that patak under the performative olive? That's a sign of a hifil. Patak under the performative, a hifil. And naka is hifil basic. So why should I strike, and then that ka as a suffix, why should I strike you? And then how about that next word, artsa? What's the noun here? Eretz. Eretz, earth but it has a comet's hay on the end, which changes the vocalization of the beginning of the verb, becomes not eretz, but arts, sa. That's a directive hay, right, to the earth. Why should I smite you to the earth or strike you to the earth? The ache, now we have lama a few words back, which is an interrogative word meaning why. Do you guys remember what ache means? It's another interrogative. How, how. Uh, where is close? Uh, a or ia is where, and ache is how. So how should I, yeah, how should I, and now here the verb is nasa, okay? How should I nasa my face? How should I lift up my face to Joab, your brother? So now we get a little different sense. Why doesn't Abner want Asahel chasing him? Yeah, he's he's warning him. He says, uh, I don't want to have to kill you. So go, go after one of my other men. And uh, verse 23, And he refused to turn aside. Now, uh, here is just a PL. Looks a little bit like a nifal with that comets under the mame, but that's just compensatory lengthening because you can't double the olive. Uh, Ma'an is PL basic to refuse. And he refused to turn aside Vayakehu Avner Ba'akare Hakanit El Hakomesh. Okay? And Abner struck him. See the Ehu on the end is the object suffix third masculine singular him. And again, the verb is naka. You've lost the nun and you've lost the hey. And Abner struck him a bait of means now by means of or with the akare of the sword, the kanit. What would the akare of the kanit be? Yeah, probably the butt of the sword, the hind parts, right? The akar is the back part, the hind parts. And But it's plural here. You see that sere, yod, const, plural construct ending there. So he struck him by means of or, or with the hind parts of the sword, el hakomesh, to the stomach. Now there's some dispute on this word komesh. Does that word komesh look like any word that you know? Kamesh means five. It's the number five. And 
it's used all over the place in the Hebrew Bible with lots of different permutations to mean, well, plural means 50, and some forms of it mean a fifth, or it means the number five. The King James actually translates this, and he struck him with the back of his sword under the fifth rib. It assumes that it's talking about something having to do with fifth. But uh, um, scholars think perhaps this comes from an Aramaic cognate that means stomach, but it would be very rare in this usage in the Hebrew Bible. So there's some uncertainty about that word, but it seems to probably mean stomach. That fits the context well here anyway. What's this tell you also? He's, he's not trying, perhaps, to kill him. He's trying to fend him off with a hind part of his sword, and yet the circumstances still are going to take the path that they seem destined to take here. Uh, the next verb in the middle of the verse is from yatsa to come forth. Vatetsa hakanit me'akarav. And the kanit, the sword, came forth from behind him. He poked him in the stomach, and the sword came out his back, in other words. Vayipol sham, and he, from Nafal, and he fell there, Vayamat, and he died from Mut. Taktav, in his place. Uh, tak, uh, takat means below or under, but it can also mean in the place of. And so in his place here just means where he was. Right on the spot, he falls down dead. Vaihi kol haba el hamakom asher nafal sham asahel vayamot vayamodu. And all or every one, the one coming to the place, so... Each person who came, I suppose you make it a substantive participle. Haba here is the participle form of bow, okay, the coming one. So, and each of the coming one, or every one who came, El Hamakom, to the place where Nafal Sham, or which uh, Asahel fell there. This is that resumptive. Uh, particle sham here which tells you that you translate a share as where so the place where Asahel fell and he died now we have a little disjunctive accent under vayamot and now a plural verb and they stood so and each one who came to the place where Asahel fell they stood they stopped in other words so all the pursuers are coming uh, after the Israelites, but they come across Asahel here and they stop and gaze at him. Any questions on that verse? Are we out of time? We are. We're over. So we better stop there. What verse are we on here? Where did we just stop? We finished 23, so we're ready for uh, for verse 24 tomorrow. Uh, make that next Thursday. Thanks, guys. See you next Thursday. Thank you.